Rachel. And we are Drama, Drama For Real. Welcome to episode three woo! of the Drama For Real podcast. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> we're here again. Um, after the first two episodes, we're going to talk about something else in the Asian entertainment world. And what is that? So, K-pop! Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for you to start it. Um, so as many of you may know, there's a little K-pop group called BTS that's making quite the waves in America here. And quite the wave in Anna's heart. Yes. I, I will admit I have become a full army in a very short span of time. Maybe you should explain what an army is. So I think it stands for Adorable MC Representative of you you're not a true yeah. army you don't even know what it stands for I, i'm pretty sure that's what it is and okay i am one now. i will trust you because i am not one yes so. but i love bts given the you know rise of bts we thought it would be appropriate to talk a little bit more about k-pop and how it has influenced our lives um just heads up apologies if my voice sounds a little weird or if i break into like a a coughing like face or something um i'm a little bit under the weather so yeah, send those well wishes to Estelle. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So uh, we thought we'd talk a little bit about our own personal history with K-pop, since uh, many of you listening may already know about how we got started watching dramas, but maybe you don't know how we started with, you know, Asian music and K-pop in particular. Mm. So for myself, it kind of all started back in middle school. Not for myself, but... I started hearing things about Korean music through my classmates, mainly middle school boys who had an <laughs> obsession with BOA. Um, I think every boy at that time had an obsession with BOA. Yeah, just like every Asian boy. I don't yeah. know who started it, but everyone know. knew about BOA. But I mean, I didn't really start listening to K-pop or Korean music until I would say maybe high school. I had a friend who was really into One Time, especially Bin. if anyone out there knows. <laughs> And then uh, I wasn't really into that, but Rain was definitely someone I had my eye on. I think a lot of girls at that age did. Yeah, I so think, so yeah. Rain is how I kind of got into it. And then after that um, would be Wonder Girls and Girls' Generation. I was part of that generation that was really into um, those kind of girl groups. And, you know, of course, Big Bang mm-hmm. was the big one for um, my peers and myself back in college. So... Yeah, that's kind of how I got started with K-pop. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a late start. Anna would call me a late bloomer yep. to K-pop. Um, I didn't. I heard about Boa in like middle school when you know all the boys were talking about it, but I wasn't like really interested in finding out more. Mm-hmm. Not a very curious <laughs> child. Um, but then one day in college, I think it was freshman year, I was like watching TV, and you know how like college TV didn't have a lot of channels, but I didn't know why they had this random channel that was playing Korean music. And um, lo and behold, there was a music video for FT Island. And I don't even know what it was about because there were no subtitles. I have no idea what they were saying about. But they caught your eye. But they caught my eye. <laughs> they were in like some dark alleyway and there was like some story going on. There was this girl who got kidnapped. And I was like, wow, I really need to know what happens to this like girl. And it, I think it was like a three part like music video. So there were, so the story didn't end it. And then it didn't end at that end of that video. And I was like, I need to find out more about this band so I could find out what happens in this story. <laughs> so that was my foray into um, K-pop. Were you into any other groups, or were you just an FT Island fan? No, I wasn't even a fan of FT Island. I just like wanted to know about that story. Um, but then I did, you know, I did through them. I like learned about like Big Bang and all this because you know YouTube has mm-hmm. suggested videos or whatever. So I did watch a lot of Big Bang videos. Yeah, if anyone 
like us started watching k-pop videos on youtube you'll know what a black hole it is when they have those suggested videos on the side you're like oh yeah i'll just check out a couple of these music bang music core performances and then you just get sucked in so besides big bang um my ultimate love uh is definitely shiny Mm -hmm. that is my favorite k-pop group of all time um but then after that i kind of went on a hiatus i didn't really listen to a lot of music from you know korean groups uh i don't know why but that kind of like coincided with my hiatus from k-dramas and dramas in general so i didn't really get back into k-pop until i guess with exo in the past couple of years um but i wasn't even like a huge fan of them like i was back in the day with like big bang yeah Uh, so it's kind of weird that like i've suddenly become this like fangirl again (laughs) like after all these years with bts but I'm really digging their music, and of course, it's always fun to see, you know, an Asian app kind of making waves here mm-hmm. in America. I remember on New Year's Eve, um, BTS was on, like, the New Year's Eve countdown, and we were like, who are these Asian people, mm-hmm. and why are they on this show? And who, like, and then I guess the sound quality wasn't very good, so we couldn't really <laughs> hear what they were saying. We were like, um, this is very awkward. And then who knew they would become such big, like, such a big deal over mm-hmm. the year? Um, but it's really exciting. For you know asian americans like ourselves to see an asian act you know become so popular and not as like a gimmick or you know like a one-time fluke it's Mm -hmm. really exciting and you know to see some representation in the media that you know we are exposed to every day yeah but full disclosure i don't really know that much about bts still Mm -hmm. um but anna gave me a crash course on them right before this podcast we went through the greatest hits yes yes so now i can distinguish like two of them um i i think my favorite is rap monster user bias I think it's just that I could recognize him. <laughs> so, so he's your bias. He's your sure, bias. Sure, sure, yeah. And then what's the other one? You know the visual. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. His name is Jin. Oh, okay. Mr. Okay. Worldwide Handsome. Okay, sorry. I'm still learning. I'm still learning because I I haven't really watched any K-pop videos or like really stuck in stuck with the K-pop industry um, since like college. I like my timeline is still stuck at like Big Bang, Twenty One. Like not really have not really mo- like moved on past the, over the years. I guess. Um, and I like for the longest time I thought Shiny was called Shiny. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> so I have to say I'm terrible at this whole K-pop thing. Wait, did yeah. you just recently? Weren't we like I think in it was my like car two years yeah. ago or something? I was like, oh, they're called Shiny because it never occurred to me, and I guess I never watched any of their like interview videos where they're like, hi, we are, you know. So I never found out how to say their name. Uh, yeah, I think it was in my car. I was listening to Shiny, and you're like, oh, is that group Shiny? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, clearly their name is Shiny. That's how it's written. But don't you think it's so much more chic to call them shiny i suppose but there's no accent mark yeah i guess so um, anyway moving if on. anyone's wondering my bias it changes all the time but right now it's jungkook but my top three is jungkook uh v and sugar but they're kind of interchangeable but jungkook yeah. you don't even like rap monster uh, i He's like so cool he has english he knows english <laughs> I mean, I did, I did tear up over his UN speech. Yes, that was good. <laughs> um, I like them all, but, you know, we all have our favorites. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Um, but Big Bang 21, they're so old now. I know. 21 doesn't, is not even together anymore. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't really watch anything past that. So, oh, no, I did. I watched um, Heartstrings, the Korean drama. And then so I found out. Or, like, um, what's that other drama that Yongwha was in? Oh, oh beautiful, you're beautiful? You're beautiful, yeah. And then I learned about CM Blue. I have, their, you... I have their album on oh. my phone. 
You purchased it? Yes, I purchased it legally. Wait, like a physical copy? No, no, oh, okay. like on my phone, on my iTunes. Oh. Yeah, okay, so there we go. I did watch something in past Big Bang. Okay. So I guess, like, the vibe you're going for is more of that indie, not as mainstream idol group, right? Because I don't think FT Island or, like, CN Blue is, like, no, what the, you would yeah. think of as idols. Yeah, no, they're not idols. They're also the same company. Oh, they are? Yeah, really? they're the same company. Oh, interesting. Because mm-hmm. I only really know the big three. It's, like, SM, JYP, YG. But yeah. isn't there also, like, Cube or whatever? Oh, yeah, or I FNC guess. or something? Oh, I, I don't know what that one is. <laughs> Oh, clearly I know more than you. Yeah, maybe you are a bigger K-pop fan than I am. You're just like an <laughs> underground fan. I'm an underground fan. Anyway, so we were thinking about like, you know, what make K- what what has happened to K-pop over the years, right? Like how the groups have evolved. For example, for like bands like Big Bang or Twenty um, One, they didn't do a lot of like dancing, right? Like their music mm-hmm. videos are more or less some sitting or standing and kind of being like really cool or have a lot of attitude but they're not necessarily like dancing like a lot of the bands are now yeah i think we really saw that when we were doing our really quick crash course on (laughs) bts right before this recording we were watching some of um older music videos and we can see how big bang like you said they don't really dance compared to you know bts or xo or any of the idol groups now where they're like dancing really hardcore for like entire duration of the video Mm -hmm. Uh, big bang would just kind of you know stand around make some faces at the camera you know kind (laughs) of cool faces yeah i mean that's the whole yg vibe yeah 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 i agree i agree Uh, do you like that though do you prefer them like attitude over theatrics um i mean i think the dancing is cool but i think i like i like it when they have a little attitude and they could like slow down Mm -hmm. you know what i mean are YG artists your favorites then? I don't know really you should be asking me this. I don't really know that much about K-pop. But I did just look up. FNC is a real entertainment company. Okay. That's what FT Island and CM Blue is under. What's it called? FNC. I'll have to look into it later. Is it Cube? Is it, it's like Beast or whatever under Cube. I think 4 Minute was under Cube. If I'm not mistaken. Who are you don't know who 4 Minute is? Nope. Yeah, Estelle clearly has not listened to K-pop. She was not lying. <laughs> I was not lying. <laughs> um, but even though you say that the older K-pop generation didn't really dance, but we had people like Hyori and Rain, and they really threw it down. That's true. That's true. And then I guess like Super Junior mm-hmm. danced. But I guess they were also a more traditional idol group than any of the YG groups. Although nowadays they're kind of, you know, going towards more that direction of going more mainstream. Yeah. I mean, I think YG is more like hip hop and I don't think they necessarily like dance in the traditional sense. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know how like EXO or like BTS have that like group dance thing. I don't think it's really Mm -hmm. like YG's vibe. Uh, I just, it's kind of embarrassing now that I watch like Big Bang videos and I can see how like badly most of their dances are, especially top. Like he would just kind of be standing in the back or to the side, just like nodding along, <laughs> trying to follow the moves, but not really jiving with the rest of them. So I, I also want to update you. Okay. Beast was under cube. Oh, highlight, highlight. That's what they're called now. Oh, they changed their name? Yeah. Come on! I'm, I'm sorry, every I'm sorry, all the fans out there. I'm, I apologize. The only know the only reason I know about them is because I watched Let's Eat, and um, you you do Jung. You're asking the, the wrong person. The main guy on it is a part of Highlight or Beast. Okay. So, so I don't really know. I don't really know much about K-pop, but I know when they become actors, and I'm like, oh, that guy. I wonder if they changed their name because it was too similar to BTS. 
No, I think they went through some member changes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm really excited to see where K-pop is going. Mm-hmm, it's nice to, like, be back in it. And like I said, it's a black hole. Like, once you start, you can't stop. Yeah. And I have to be honest. Like, every time you watch, like, a K-pop video or something, it's very exciting, right? Like, their, mm-hmm. their music is all very, like, fast-paced. There's a lot of, like... I, li- I like that they add rap into it and they blend a lot of different kind of um, music genres, mm-hmm. right? It's not just like what, oh, ballads or like it's just rapping or it's just like they add like there's like EDM, there's like a lot, there's like a lot of different things, and I think that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I think that's why BTS has been so successful compared to all the other groups who've tried to break into the American market. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that excitement through the rapping you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think like the way their group was formed of how. Rap Monster or RM was the first one recruited and kind mm-hmm. of the group was built around him. So there is that emphasis on hip-hop and rap that seems a little more authentic because they are they have actual underground rappers that are <laughs> no part of the group. No longer underground. Right. Well, now they everyone knows who they are. But I think, you know, the fact that they have three main rappers and they have, a you know, a focus on them rather than just sticking them at the end of a song for a verse or two kind of you know, shows that they're different than all the other groups out there. Mm-hmm. Like, right off the bat, you can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. I think something you were saying earlier was that um, they're very present on social media, right? Like, mm-hmm. they have a lot of, like, fans have a lot of access to them. Like, mm-hmm. they were able to interact. Yeah, I I haven't been in ARMY for that long, but um, <laughs> from what I can gather, they're a lot more open on social media, and they definitely try to get their fans involved more so than um, other groups, mm-hmm. especially the ones who are under the big three entertainment companies. Yeah. I think a lot of that boils down to if you're part of, say, SM or YG, they have a lot more control into your daily activities and what type of content you can provide for fans, You know what type of access, whereas because BTS came from a lesser-known company, Big, big Hit, hit yeah, um, so they essentially had more freedom to, mm-hmm. you know, be more authentic and yeah. less of a, I don't know what the word is. Less controlled. Right. Or like they weren't as restricted or limited in mm-hmm. how creative they can be. Um, and I think they're also like very political and outspoken. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they get involved. They're not just like, like, oh, they're idols or some, unlike the other, like, I guess, K-pop stars, they're not so... I guess like in a box, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, they are just like an image, perfect image or whatever. They they can kind of say what they want to say. And I think that goes along with not being controlled by their company and their mm-hmm. management company or by like whatever society wants to put on them. Because they haven't, they like they started five years ago, but they didn't really reach fame. So they were able to kind of build that and build their, like really come to their own. Compared to other idol groups, they definitely are more political and outspoken. Mm-hmm because they have been on record on a lot of issues that other idol groups wouldn't even dare to, you know, touch upon, you know, Mm -hmm. like same-sex marriage or the political atmosphere in Korea, anything like that. I mean, just the fact that they were part of that UNICEF program and invited to speak at the UN, I think says a lot that their efforts to be more, um, you know, socially and politically conscious is really making waves you know, not just in Korea, but here in America as well, and to all their fans across the world. Yeah, and I think that's partially why they've become so embraced and accepted in Western culture, because I think a lot of um, younger generation, or like people our generation, mm-hmm. are becoming more and more like into, oh, being socially aware for like mm-hmm. like brands like that we per- like purchase clothes from or purchase food from, we want them to be socially aware, right? Like, like 
brands like Nike or whatever want to be socially aware, so that socially conscious, so that they can um, market to people of our generation who care about these things. Um, so for a band to be to be that, I think that's like a. I'm not saying they did it intentionally or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think that's what makes them attractive or appealing. Anytime they you know talk with their fans is messages that kind of transcend language mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to be able to speak to them in the same language to understand. Right. They've been on record of saying that they want to stay true to their Korean roots and not necessarily record English songs, which I think is actually quite admirable because they have, you know, this foothold in American market. And you would think that the next step that they want to do is, you know, put out an English song to right. reach even more people here in the States. But they're actually doing the opposite. They're like, no, we're going to double down on our actual Korean culture, mm-hmm. you know, and not change who we are just because we've reached this new level of fame. Yeah. And I think that's very admirable and respectful because, and I think that's what makes them appealing as well to people like sticking to your roots and your own identity. I think that's something that, yeah, people really identify with. Yeah, I think they're saying, hey, we got famous off our Korean music because that's who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel that there's a need to change all of a sudden and change who we are as a group and our music, you know, to fit a certain mold, which is something that RM actually touched upon in his UN speech. <laughs> so <laughs> Love yourself. Yes, right? go watch that speech. It was very good. <laughs> I, I mean, especially in the recent years when we've seen other type of Asian acts try to break into the American market and not do Mm -hmm. so well, Mm -hmm. you know, it's crazy to me to see the levels of success that this uh, K-pop boy group is getting right now. I think maybe a part of it is that they didn't try to intentionally break into the American market. Mm -hmm. Like, there was no intentional marketing strategy. Or, I mean, I am assuming, I don't know if that's true, maybe this is all very intelligently laid out plan, but, you know, I feel like they didn't... It just kind of happened naturally, and I think that just speaks to who they are as people. And, um, you know, when we think about, like, past groups or past individuals who tried to break into the American market, they tried to fit the American mold, they tried to, like, tailor their music to the Western audience, and it just doesn't work because that's not who they are. Yeah, I think it just comes across as inauthentic. Or a wannabe. Right. Uh, So an example that comes to my mind would be probably Rain. Oh, couple- now you just like <laughs> dissed all his fans. No, I mean, I personally, I love Rain. I think he is a great entertainer. You know, he can sing, he can dance. But I just think his foray into um, the American market was not successful because mm-hmm. he did try to cater to this market and not stay true to who he is mm-hmm. as an entertainer. Um, I just remember that, you know, he would film all these American movies, but he would try to speak in English, but then the stories of the movies would be, I would say, stereotypical to an Asian image. I think one of them was called Ninja Assassin <laughs> or something like that. So I, I feel like as an Asian American watching something like that, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, disheartening to see that he's not trying to break out of that image that, mm-hmm. you know, the Western market might have already is that he's kind of going along with what they want or what yeah. they perceive him to be. So I think because of that, he couldn't be successful. Yeah. He didn't stand up to, um, like he didn't, he did. Yeah. He wasn't trying to represent himself or like diversify people's idea of like an Asian person. Right. He was mm-hmm. just kind of like, okay, this is what you have as a stereotype Asian. Then I'm going to be that so that you will like me or you'll accept me, mm-hmm. which isn't what I think a lot of like, 
Asians or Asian Americans really want, like in the Western world, that's not what we identify with. Like we want someone who could represent like a more like their true self, and I think that's why like it didn't work out for him. But I think I mean like for bands like BTS, they also um, really appeal to more like the international audience. I'm not saying just like Asians or Asian Americans, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that also really says something to how. Um, how different we all are, but also how similar. Yeah, I think their music, especially their message in their songs and, you know, the ideals they try to portray is very different from a lot of the other K-pop groups where their music is very uh, traditional in terms of lyrics, you know, talking about love or, you know, bragging about cars or girls, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Fendi man. (laughs) Um... Shout out if anyone knows that song. It's not a good one. Uh, I appreciate that BTS isn't trying to make this that they're a gimmick or that this is, you know, a joke. Because I think with, for example, like Psy, a couple of years, he did get really famous for a brief period of time. But I don't think that was like fame that could be sustained because it was such a fluke. Like his song that got famous, Gangnam Style, was, you know, so silly. And it was like... (laughs) I think people here just thought it was like a funny dance, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't really delve any deeper into it. Right. I don't. I don't think they understood the social context that he was perhaps trying to represent. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was dealt with just like, oh, that's so funny. Like the way he's dancing, or like how the video is so like mm-hmm. extreme or exaggerated and whatever. Yeah, because if you actually read the lyrics to Gangnam Style, you know he's actually making commentary yes. on that yes. lifestyle. But yeah. when he did his promotions here, he was like, oh watch me do this funny dance you know yeah he wouldn't you know really talk about what the lyrics were right, referring right. to so i think it was just lost on the audience and i think that's a little sad though it's like a lost opp- missed opportunity but yeah i mean he did have that platform you know and mm-hmm. he just didn't use it whereas on the opposite end you know bts they're like hey we're really famous now so we're gonna spread our message that we want to you know promote to youths you know especially about self-acceptance right. and loving yourself yeah so, I, I mean, I personally love it. Even though I might not be, you know, in that prime K-pop listening <laughs> age range anymore. I mean, I still love it. And I think that really speaks to music that doesn't matter how old or, yeah. you know, where you are in life. You yeah. can still appreciate it. Yeah. But let's not out ourselves about our yeah. age. <laughs> Although, I don't know. if we, we might we may have already done that earlier. Yeah, if anyone knows how old one time and tape in ourselves. <laughs> Anyway, so let's talk maybe a little bit about um, why we think K-pop in general has done so well internationally. Because I think when you t- when you think about like J-pop or like Mando pop or K-pop, mm-hmm. you know, internationally K-pop is the more well-known one. So in what ways has K-pop been able to capture such a wide audience that you know the other two have not? K-pop definitely incorporates more genres of music that mm-hmm. I think are recognizable to the Western yeah. audience and um, just you know internationally people. Uh, seem to really enjoy, you know, that blend of R&B and hip-hop, whereas I would say mandopop, which is something I really enjoy, you know, (laughs) they don't really do that. They kind of stick to, you know, very traditional-sounding melodies that you find, yeah, find very common in Mandarin and, like, Cantonese music. Right, which I think is a very... It's like a very Asian music kind of thing. Yeah, it's like you hear it, you know it. Yeah, yeah, which I don't know if, like... The Western audience is necessarily like that. Like it's it, maybe there's no parallel to it in the in American music, so they don't. It's harder to accept. 
But I think also for K-pop, like a lot of times when I hear people will say, oh, I watched a K-pop video or whatever, something they always mention is like, oh my gosh, the dancing. Mm-hmm. Like they look so cool. Like the quality of the music videos, they like change scenes a lot. Like high production value, right? I think so that's, that's very attractive. Whereas like when you watch an American music video, maybe you don't have that. So like when you watch a K-pop one, you're just like, oh my gosh just like overwhelmed like your your sensory is just like yeah i feel like the pop artists nowadays don't invest that much money into their music videos like they <laughs> used to like think back to the days of you know like britney spears right. her music videos you know are iconic because they have such elaborate designs and dances whereas now i feel like most people are getting lazier and they just want to but- but I feel like when you listen to American music or when you hear, oh, so-and-so dropped a, dropped a new album, like, my first reaction is not like, oh, let me go look it up on YouTube and see the mm. music video. Mine's like, oh, I'll just listen to it on iTunes yeah, or something. Yeah, same. But, like, I feel like with K-pop, it's like, oh, let me look up their video because it's just, like, there's something different. Like, you expect a K-pop video to be of a certain caliber and you expect it to be entertaining. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, for an American song, you just want to listen to a song and you're not really there for the music video. K-pop companies definitely know that because that's why they put out all these trailers and teasers before a music video. So they kind of make the release of a video an event, Mm -hmm. whereas American companies kind of, you know, well, we drop the single, the video will come a couple days later. Right, right. But the focus is on the music. Right. But, like, not to be shallow or anything, but one of the major reasons (laughs) why these music videos are successful or the teasers are successful, or like why people even want to watch them in the first place, is they want to look at these celebrities, right? A lot of times the K-pop celebrities got like, um, either they're really good looking, or they've got certain swagger, or they got certain like, something that's appealing to you and you want to like, watch them. They're always changing, you know, the way they look yeah. with their clothes, style. Um, that's why they have a different concept, I think, for each of their yeah, yeah. releases. Because they want to constantly keep you guessing what they're going to look like. And that's why fans know, like, if your K-pop idol is changing his hair color, that means <laughs> something's on the horizon, right? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, so I feel like a lot of times um, for K-pop fans, you know, watching the music video is, like, a huge deal. And I think that's why BTS is so successful, because they have that trifecta of you know they have the classic heartthrob looks they have you know catchy music mm-hmm. and they have this um attitude where they're showing themselves to fans and they're not trying to hide anything so i think all those threes combined really allows fans to look a little deeper into their music like they may be attracted to them off the bat because you know hey Jin is really good looking but then after you listen to their music more and you look into their lyrics and the messages that they're promoting you're like hey these guys are actually about something deeper than Mm -hmm. just what color their hair is yeah um what do you think this really means for Asian music or for future like Asian musicians trying to break into the American market or the Western market in general I'm hoping that with the success of BTS the Western audience can be more open to listening to music that they might not necessarily understand, but they can enjoy, you know, the melody. Because that's essentially what music, especially pop music, is. Yeah, I think it's very interesting how, like, um, when you're in Asia, like, a lot of times people have heard of, like, you know, Justin Timberlake or, Mm -hmm. like, Justin Bieber or Mariah Carey or, like, you know, they've heard of all these, like, American stars. Um, and they listen to their music even though maybe they don't understand English. Where, but as in like Western 
countries you don't they don't really know like Asian celebrities and they don't listen to Asian music, right? Like I I I think it's interesting how it's not reciprocal.、Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, in like all the Western cultures, like yeah, you will listen to like. Um, English songs, but you might also hear some Spanish songs here and there. But like in Asian culture, you know, you you might be Korean, but maybe you've heard some Japanese songs. Like you know, I I I think I don't know where I'm going with this, but I feel like it's very interesting how that pattern works out. That's a good point because when you tell people that you listen to K-pop or J-pop, they're like, oh, that's such like a niche genre that like not everyone listens to. But like you were saying,、um, like American pop music, everyone's heard of. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that the influence that BTS has had,、um, you know, with their recent success, like s- selling out City Field in New York, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's crazy to、yeah. sell out an American stadium like、yeah. that. So I went to see Beyonce this summer, and I think if I had the choice, I would go for BTS tickets <gasps> this time around. Wow! And, and Estelle, you know I love Beyonce. I know you love Beyonce, so, so. that's surprising. <laughs> well, anyway. Oh, oh, my hope for at least right now is that they'll at least play a BTS song on the radio. I know. I feel like the this whole entire year. So I've been listening to one of like the top radio stations in our our local area, and usually you know they play all the major hits. But there was only one time I heard BTS on the radio, like, and that was right when like after the New Year's um show, the、okay. countdown show, they play like a BTS song randomly on the radio, and then that's it. I've never heard it again. And I'm just like, but they are in the news. They're on the cover of the Time magazine. I'm just、mm-hmm. like, they're big stuff, and it, I just don't understand why no radio station has played them. It's just crazy because BTS had the number one best-selling album, you know, number one on Billboard, but no one was playing their music on、Maybe、the radio station. Maybe we should、stations. call it one day and just request it. Will they even know what we're talking about? If they don't, we'll just be like, "Excuse me, I, I thought you're a major radio station." That's true. <laughs> don't so, you know the best-selling album? Yeah. So with all their success here in America, I'm just hoping that. More people will, you know, appreciate and respect them,、mm-hmm. and you know, I think the easiest way to do that would just be play their music on the radio. Yeah. All right. So,、um, to kind of go along with our K-pop、um, theme this this week or this on this podcast,、um, our usually at this section we would do、um, only in drama、mm-hmm. um, portion, and today we're going to do a special, and that is. Only in K-pop videos. Yep. So this is a bit of a throwback. Throwback. <laughs> well, again, show us that we're old, but、um, you know, for this podcast, you know, we'll put it out there.、Um, but I don't know if any of you have seen this video.、Um, if you have not, you could find it on YouTube. It's called "Because I Am a Girl." Yes, the artist is Kiss. <laughs> Have they made any other? Music? I don't think so. Okay, because I don't know any other music made by them. But please correct me if I'm wrong.、Um, but in this video, basically the gist of it is there's this photographer who、um, uh, hits、so、it、ridiculous. off, hits it off with this hairdresser, and、um, one day she was in his、um, his green room, I guess, dark、no. room, dark room, dark black room, <laughs> where he develops his films, but. And she was looking for something, and then she yeah she was snooping through his stuff. <laughs> no, I think she was looking for something. Anyway, she knocks over a bottle, and of course, it was some sort of solution, chemical solution that blinded her. Yeah, for some reason, that bottle of solution was at the top shelf. It was not properly screwed on, and it just happened to all pour into her eyes. <laughs> but it's it's interesting that she was blinded, but her face was fine. Like right, like she didn't get like disfigured or anything. That's a good point. It's a、right? very selective solution. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so she got blinded, 
and then um, he he felt bad that it was his. Yeah, he was in love. Yeah, he he was in love, and so he decided to donate his cornea to her. Yeah. So she could see again, oh. and then he became blind. As Sorry if this is a spoiler for anyone. But no, everyone should have seen this video. It's a classic. <laughs> this is this should be everyone's first foray into K-pop. <laughs> it's the kiss because I'm a girl video. Yeah. My question is, why did he have to donate both eyes? Okay. My also, it's like. Well, we we should share share the ending is because so he he donated his eyes and then he like left he disappeared and then so she woke up and he, she was like oh where is he and then you know they like I guess like she thought he left him or whatever and then one day she was walking in the park and then saw him and he was of course blind yeah and then they like you know got back together or whatever I don't think they did I think she just started crying and then he just like walked past her oh we should rewatch it after okay this, I thought they got recording. back together well that's very depressing because he was a photographer by trade what is he gonna do now I never understood why he didn't just like try to get like cornea donated for her and then like he... or why he didn't just admit that I did this they were so in love I don't understand I don't understand I, I don't, yeah there are a lot of questions only about... in a k-pop video yeah, only, only a k-pop video someone answer me why both eyes though <laughs> someone tell me why I didn't disfigure her anyway yeah, we hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Drama for Real podcast where we don't talk about dramas, but we'll talk, talk about, about K-pop. K-pop. Yes. Um, and if you enjoyed this, we hope that you will continue to um, subscribe to our blog. And uh, We have some really exciting stuff coming up. As mentioned in the last episode, I am deep into the <laughs> story of Yanshi Palace. And despite the time that's passed between those episodes... I'm still not done with the drama, <laughs> but it, I will be done soon, and a review is forthcoming. Mm-hmm. And I am going to say this now so that I will actually do this, but I wa- I finished watching Meteor Garden, the, the newest version, um, about a month ago, and I have not written a review, and, but I will. I will do it. It's I on has, record now. You yeah, must. <laughs> yes, I put it out there, so now I have to actually do it. Yeah. And something really exciting is uh, Stella and I are going to be going on the road next weekend. Woo! And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the blog, but it should be a fun one. Yes. So you keep your eye out for that. And if you don't already know our where our blog is, it is on dramaforreal.com. So that's dramaforreal.com. Um, and then for our Twitter handle, it is. You can tweet us at Anna and Estelle. And our Instagram. Drama for Real. So be sure to follow those things, subscribe, subscribe, like, and you know, feel free to share any comments or feedback that you've give, you want to give us. Yeah, let me know who your bias is in BTS. I know I you hope, all have one. I hope it's Rap, Rap Monster. He has an IQ of one forty eight. That's really yeah. Impressive. He's a certified genius. I do love RM. I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> all all right. right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Stay real. All right. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.